talking about stuff, talking about things, talking about you, talking about me. It's not a wild country, and we are celebrating. It is Canberra. Conversations in the capital. Hello, my name is Henry. Welcome to Canberra Conversations in the Capital. For this third season, six bartenders from six of Canberra's city bars will be featured. Today, inside Highball, I am joined by Rowan Walsh, venue manager. Ro, thank you for the drink. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad at all. Talk me through your bartender journey. My sister ran an American barbecue restaurant cool. at the time, so she yeah. brought me in like fresh 18 just to run tables and wash glasses, and it kind of just developed from there. Got a job in a like private members club, learned like silver service style of stuff, and then uh, moved around a bit till I... I worked at Kokomo's, started working with uh, a lot of cocktails nice, and stuff, nice. kind of, yeah, I fell in love with developing drinks and you know, just giving good service and whatnot. Found my way to Highball, been here ever since. That's it. Highball's had one of those, I think, like bar histories that is a bit more well-known in Canberra. The bar scene here has slowly started becoming what it is now. When it was first starting off, I think this came off the tales of Old Molly. Right? Yeah, so definitely, because I mean, we opened Molly first and I was... One of the first introductions Camper had to like nice sort of cocktail bar um, rather than just your yeah, like pubs and nightclubs. I think that was like 2013 or 14. Hmm. And then uh, Highball opened shortly after. It's been pretty steady, which has been good. I think it's also down to people, like the drinking culture has changed a lot. People frequent cocktail bars a lot more than they used to. Uh, less people going to pubs and clubs, more, yeah, going out for a nice drink, there sit down, is. have a chat sort of thing. Yeah. The, the idea behind Molly was one of those kind of hidden away speakeasy things. In terms of Highball, we have, we went in a different direction here, right? Well, when we initially opened, it was kind of along the same lines. We didn't have the big neon sign yeah. on top of the stairs. And uh, yeah, it was kind of still coming off the tail end of the campus first, like hidden bar. <laughs> uh, yeah, gave it a go here for a while. And I think we just figured, yeah, it would be good to kind of go a little bit different direction. There's not much point having two hidden bars. <laughs> Twice as hard for people to find them. <laughs> That's it, So right? yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we still get like five people every day walking in being like, hey, is this Molly? <laughs> so yeah, Close. it happens all the time. Down, down the road. Down, down the road. <laughs> We're the Latino cousin. Uh, <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. it. You got this, this, this awesome Caribbean vibe. Yeah. So Cuban rum bar focusing primarily on rum, rum-based mm. cocktails. We still make a really big volume of classic cocktails like your gin, tequilas, margaritas and whatnot. Yeah. Just because until like the last couple of years, public perception for rum in Australia hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. Probably due to just your... Bundaberg, sure, uh, sure. Red Label. Um, not not to badmouth Bundaberg. They have some really, really <laughs> nice like high-end rums. They've won World's Best Rum a couple times. But uh, yeah, that like entry-level is that's what everybody yeah. drinks. And that's, that's what it. everyone associates with rum. So trying to kind of break that, break that perception a little bit, introduce people to some nicer sipping rums and show them how great this spirit is. You have a story for Highball. Uh, it's similar to Molly being like your Prohibition era, like whiskey bar. Over in New York, you used to hide hide away underground, pretend you weren't drinking. It's a little bit different over in um, Miami and Florida. Cuba is only 90 miles off the coast. Sure. Yep. So it's like a 45-minute flight back in the day. It was before the embargo, so Cuba was like the tourist central for the States. Hmm. Couldn't drink, so they just wait until Friday, get a flight over to Cuba, get messed up on daiquiris and mojitos, <laughs> do a bunch of salsa, fly back to the States and do it all over again. Yeah, the, the plane trip, the flight that used to take people over there, mm-hmm. uh, they used to serve a lot of rum highballs. Mm. It was like rum, soda, lime. Eventually became known as the Highball Express, uh, colloquially. So uh, that's kind of what we're modeled after. So the bar top is supposed to be like a plane wing. I see it. Yeah. So a lot of aeronautical themed stuff, but 
Oh, it's good. It's good to have a little bit of a backstory behind the bar yeah. as well. And you're mentioning the different kind of drinks you do here with rum and the different cocktails. I think Highball is pretty synonymous with the Flaming Zombie. Ah, yes. Yes. Yeah. Tell me more about that drink, how it got its name, and the, yeah. whole, the, the, the whole method of, yeah. of it all. Yeah, um, so the whole anecdote with that. It dates back to 1934, I think. Okay. gentleman called Don Beach. He's credited to making like most of the Tiki classics we know these days, like Mai Tais, stuff like that. Owned a bar in... Oh God, I can't remember where it is. My geography is not That's that great. America's my, huge. America. Um, somewhere in America. Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere in America. He made a cocktail for a friend who was hungover from a business meeting. And I think he was thinking like hair of a dog type thing. He's like, <laughs> I need something to get me through this meeting. Sure. Something to wake me up from the dead. So he made him this incredibly boozy concoction, but heaps of nice citrusy fruit juices in there. So it kind of disguised how strong it was. Yeah. Yeah, like three different rums. One of them was an overproof rum, you know, like lime, passion fruit, grapefruit, all these tropical flavors. Yeah, the guy had like two of them, went to the business meeting. Business meeting didn't go well, um, <laughs> probably because he was so inebriated. Yeah, he came back like a week later and he was like, what was that drink? It turned me into a zombie. And uh, yeah, it became, roll credits <laughs> yeah, it became one of their classic cocktails. Don the Beachcomber was uh, very, very like secretive with a lot of his recipes. So mm. even training his staff, it would be like put liqueur number two in there and it would mm, be like his house sure, blended sure. like peach and something <laughs> like that so nobody actually knew what his recipes were but everybody was trying to recreate them because yeah. he was kind of the trendsetter but uh, his house rule was nobody could have more than two zombies because they were so strong uh, and that's, his- that's followed here Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, with like an Australian responsible service of alcohol it becomes a lot harder to serve drinks like that like yeah. take a Long Island iced tea for example traditionally it would have a full 30 mil or fluid ounce sure, shot yeah, of yeah. each of those spirits in there uh, legally speaking we can't serve someone a drink with five standard drinks in there that for one person makes sense it's also yeah. really <laughs> not great for the customer either because you'll drink one of them and then you'll just be gone yeah. and uh, we want people to have a good time we want exactly. them to enjoy their drinks and five shots in a drink just doesn't actually taste good so pretty much every Long Island you'll get in Australia will have like half a shot of everything. So it'll still be two and a half standard drinks. And that's pretty much the absolute maximum you can serve one person around anyway. Fair enough. Um, like the zombies we make, they're still pretty heinously strong for how easy they are to drink. And they still come with a flaming shot on top. Yeah, they're definitely not that like six standard drinks you used to get in the 30s that yeah. will kill you. Which is, yeah. Yeah, it, it's good definitely good. We definitely refined <laughs> that and made it a more enjoyable experience. Yeah. But yeah. No, that's insane. It's, it, it's so fun. You get that flaming shot. First. Yeah, and then you, you ring the you bell the, and the, the bartender screams at you. And, uh, it's a whole ex- it's yeah. whole experience. It's yeah. great. You guys do a lot of events in highball as well. I, I, yeah. I feel like you've got the function room. Got, what, like Latin dancing every Tuesday? We have our salsa ball. It's like mm. a Latin dancing company come in. They do, so they change the classes every week. It might be salsa one week, bachata, another week, zoo. The week sure, after? Yeah. I think I don't actually know that much about the dancing. <laughs> I, I just watch. <laughs> yeah, look, I just work here, man. Um, <laughs> and it's really good. And then we do every second Thursday, we run bingo nights mm. uh, where we have one of our house bands come in, Me Tierra. Uh, these, these guys play like a lot of sets for us. They're pretty good. They cool. do some DJing for us too. Uh, pretty prominent in the Latin community as well. So we have heaps and heaps of like South American regulars who come in. They awesome community. Yeah, no, absolutely brilliant. It's, it's always so packed as well. Like, I, I remember coming here on a Tuesday night in between Christmas and New Year's a few years ago. And me and my friend didn't expect it to be as busy as it was. But because of the dance, or the Latin dancing, the whole, it, yeah. it, it, felt, it felt insane for Tuesday evening. I, f- it I feel great. like it, it kind of embodies that like chaotic sense that you do get in Cuba. Not that I've been myself. But 
like, I mean, like we, we serve great quality drinks, good standard, but you still kind of get that relaxed sort of like more casual atmosphere. You can let loose a little bit. You can have a few drinks, do some dancing, meet some people, go to like a nice cocktail bar. A lot of the time it's sit down, mm. um, discreet, have a drink, have a quiet chat sort of thing. So I think these days people really like being able to come and have great quality drinks and still be able to dance and just good. I like that. People want to drink. People want to dance. That's it, man. It delivers. That's it. I want to make drinks. I want to have fun while I do it. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I want to chat more about the specific way that you do bartending and all of that by getting more insight into how you create drinks. Or yeah. cocktail specifically, right? okay? Because there's so many menus, and I was you were chatting about this beforehand. There's there's that science to it, and all. Yeah, of it. give me your regular process, or if there even is one, to creating a new cocktail or creating a new drink. Yeah, of course. There's a few ways you can go around it. A lot of the time, you just make something, and you're like, "Oh man, that's actually really good." That's dope. And then you just kind of yeah, you write it down. And you're like, "That worked." Uh, that doesn't actually happen that often. To end up on a really good recipe. Uh, you have to do a lot of tweaking. You have to go through a lot of R&Ds, like research sure, and discovery, sure, sure. Um, like brainstorming sessions, stuff like that. The easiest way I've found to do it is find a classic cocktail. There's thousands of them out there. They're all tried and tested, mm-hmm. absolute great recipes. Tweak a little bit here or there. Take a Singapore sling while we're drinking just now. So yeah. our last summer menu we did, well, we called it a Singapore spring because oh. uh, it was our spring summer menu. Yeah. Uh, I actually find naming cocktails the hardest part of the whole process because you want it to be catchy and maybe a little pun in there or something. I'm not yeah. that good at that kind of thing. Yeah, we took a Singapore sling. We took the ingredients it already had. So you had your cherry, your like contro, orange, pineapple, lemon. Uh, we were like, what can we do with this to make it more fun, make it a little bit more like different? Got a bit of a cherry, subbed it out for plum. Uh, we infused the gin with plum. So just popped it in a sous vide, back sealed bag for a few hours, yeah, cool. cook it at like 60 degrees. Uh, and then let it cool. So because it's in a sealed bag, the ethanol doesn't dissipate. Mm. It's the easiest way to infuse things. Sounds real fancy, but it's actually so simple. <laughs> yeah, it takes like three hours, if that, depending on how well you want to infuse it and how strong you want the flavor. Yeah. Yeah, we did the plum gin. Instead of using pineapple juice, because we, we use a lot of egg whites for like mm. pisco sours and yeah, stuff, yeah. kept the egg yolks aside and made like a pineapple curd cool. uh, on the stove. So a little, a little bit of like caramelized butter. Mm. Uh, egg yolks were done with the pineapple that we because make our own pineapple syrup so we would have oh, a super sweet that's really cool. yeah we'd have a super yeah. sweet like spiced pineapple like essentially pulp <laughs> that had come off a syrup at the end yeah. so we'd use that uh infuse that with the egg yolk to make the pineapple curd we're trying to do like a sustainability like no wastage type menu it's a lot of fun yeah yeah so you pick pick a classic cocktail make a few edits and tweaks where you can and kind of elevates it into a completely new drink the final method is you just kind of plan how you want it to taste mm-hmm plan how you think it'll go do a bit of research into what like flavor combinations work together and then you just build it from there so you try your first recipe taste it you'll be like oh that needs a little bit more acidity it's basically a formula like you need just almost reverse engineering it kind of yeah you need just enough sugar uh, just enough citrus or sour to take the bite off the alcohol and then just enough sugar to take the bite off the citrus without having it be like overpoweringly sweet or sour uh, it's all about balance. You want to taste all the ingredients, but not actually have any of them competing yeah. per se. So um, if I if I get a, if I come in sometime, I see a new menu, and there's just a cocktail that's just been 
named really poorly. Like, like oh, it's a, a Tien and Jonic. I'll be like, all right, Roman's been here. Yeah, that was, that was Roman. Yeah. Um, no, so being a, being a Cuban-themed bar, whenever I can't come up with a name for a cocktail, uh, I'll find a word, nice synonym. I'll take holiday, for instance. I came up with this drink, didn't know what to call it, took the word sabbatical. Yep. Plugged it into a uh, Google Translate and ended up with uh, La Sabatica. Ah, there it which is. Which is uh, oh. the sabbatical in Spanish, and it sounds super cool. And what I'm a, like, yeah, I put, a lo- I put lots of thought into that. <laughs> it's, it's that, that insight's really cool. And it's really cool that there's so much of that uh, alcohol drink science to it. Yeah. If you could only have for the rest of your life to work with in terms of making alcohols, one type of fruit, two types of liquor, and three types of mixes. Okay. What would they be? I'm going to go lime for the mm-hmm. fruit. It's probably the most versatile in terms of drinks. Yeah. Uh, either that or lemon, but I just prefer the flame, uh, flavor of lime. Sure. Yeah, you can make, you got lime, you can make margaritas, mojitos, mm. daiquiris, gimlets, caprioscas, caprinias, whatever you want, really. Yeah. Liquor wise, I'm, I'm going to say rum because it is a rum bar. That's it. And Makes sense. Uh, rum's also like incredibly versatile spirit. You mm. have French style of rums will be really dry, grassy, almost some whiskey notes in there. Cool. Uh, your Spanish styles would be really sweet, kind of like honey, golden syrup, or chocolate sometimes. And then your British styles are really like molasses Ford. Um, almost kind of like a... Best way I can describe it is kind of like a rubbery note. Almost like, you know when you drink water out of a hose? Yeah, it's been yeah. It's sitting in the That's backyard it. in summer. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but enjoyable. Um, <laughs> what a sell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, so probably rum and... What we say tequila with a second one, sure, man? It's yeah. uh, before I worked in a rum bar, I always said tequila was my favorite spirit. Hmm. Definitely, like rum, one of the more misunderstood spirits, but people hmm. are slowly learning more and more about tequila and mezcals. Uh, and as for mixes, we go soda, mm-hmm. um, tonic. Yep. I know a lot of people don't like tonic. I'm a big fan. I got sure. a sweet tooth, That's um, it. but I also like bittersweet things. So fever tree tonic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Cappy Tonic is oh, really yeah. nice. Uh, yeah. We recently got that in. Never tried it before then, but that goes pretty hard. Yeah. And uh, probably ginger ale or ginger beer, yeah, great. to be honest. Um, I'm not, not a big fan of mixing things with Coke. I feel mm. like it doesn't really add much to it. And ginger beer or ginger ale is a fun alternative to just your, your rum and Coke. Have a yeah. rum and dry. Yeah, that's it. Hell, man, have a rum and tonic. They're actually <laughs> uh, surprisingly good. Yeah. Nobody thinks about it, though. Yeah. If I were to ask you for certain pet hates you have for visitors that come to the bar and their actions. Yeah, okay. What are some that come to mind? I'd probably say my biggest pet hate is, uh, especially over COVID, uh, capacities have been such an important Mm, thing. Uh, Almost every venue has been running at 50% of their normal capacity. People coming in, they'll be like, hey, yeah, can I have a table for four? So you find an appropriate table, four seats or whatever. And then over the next half hour, they have another eight people just come yeah. in one by one and join them. And they're like, hey, I'm just here for these guys. <laughs> and, uh, and then because they didn't tell you that they were bringing 12 people, we, we didn't give them the right table size for 12 people. So yeah. they just start moving chairs and tables. And, oh, you hate to see it. Uh, and my favorite part is, though, is they'll make eye contact with you halfway through <laughs> moving everything and yeah. just be like, give you a thumbs up and be like, yeah, is this all right? And it's like, oh, I mean, uh, yeah, you're already doing it now, but you could have just asked beforehand and I would have helped you or something. But. Yeah, no, that's it. COVID's, COVID's been wild for Canberra, and I think it's, it's, it's really cool to see how much the hospital scene has just come together for each other and, and, and yeah. made it work. No, it's been really good. Like, uh, a lot of great connections built as well, and it's definitely changed the style of service that people have been focusing on. It's less about like, high-volume customer turnover and more about just like, actually giving good experiences as well. Yeah. I mean, there's also a surplus 
of customers and a lack of venue space at the moment. Mm. So uh, you'll find that on a Friday, Saturday night, people who don't make bookings, you get like groups of eight or 10 people walking around just being like, hey, you got space? <laughs> Which like, pre-COVID was fine. You'd, yeah, you'd go exactly. out with 10 people. You wouldn't make a booking any, anywhere on a Friday, Saturday. You just rock up and yeah. they'd be like, there's no tables, but you can stand. And you'd be like, sweet. <laughs> but then for like the last year and a half, a good half of it, you weren't even allowed to stand up in a bar. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Fun times. Yeah. All right. Hit me up with a wild bartender memory that you have. Oh, man, I got a few. It's hard to pick. Um, my personal favorite like bar-related story happened at Highball last year, about a year and a half ago, maybe. Oh, it, was, it was last year, yeah. Uh, we had these guys that come in all the time. Uh, found out after the fact they were using fake IDs. Uh, um, fun fact. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when we close... We still got like two hours of cleaning to go before we like get to go home. So we shut sure. the front door so you don't get a bunch of drunk people walking in being like, hey, you guys still open? Um, anyway, these guys come up. Uh, we used to have a handle on the door. They try and open it. Sure. Doesn't open. They're like, oh, weird. His mate's like, oh, give, give me a go. Oh, Steps no. up, pulls, pulls it like with his whole body weight like three times and then just rips the whole door off. Oh, my God. Um, freaks out, but he's just ripped the door off. Runs, just runs off with the door as well. Uh, just over his shoulder, just hits legs down the alleyway. And then um, one of the bartenders from Molly had just come out and just saw this like kid just running down with the door and was like, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah, we found out after the fact he was 17. Oh, uh, man. We, we knew who he was because one of our staff members used to work with him as well. Yeah. Um, it was a whole thing. We caught him pretty quick and then had to go through a whole like restorative justice process oh, to get him to pay for the door. and. The funniest part was, is in the in the email, he was like, I deserve better treatment than this. I've been frequenting your venues for two years. Um, and he's like, you should also give me a break. I'm only 18. And it's I was like, like hey, man, oh, this is like an official oh. email to like a police representative and you've just incriminated yourself. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's but young. Hey, you live and you learn. He, he managed to run down uh, what, like a flight of stairs with a door on his back. Man, so I'm barely making up that stairs at the start of the day anyway. That's it. It's that's, impressive. Yeah, it's, <laughs> got to give a pulse for that one. <laughs> okay, there's... There's so much good food and drink right now in the nation's capital. Yeah. If you were to shout out a bar or a restaurant that hasn't been featured in this season, which way are we going here? I've actually got two yeah, that I really love. Bar restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, hands down, I absolutely love Zab. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the Lao Thai street food place. Yeah. Um, best Thai food I've had outside of Thailand. Um, yeah. The bar manager there, Cameron. Um, absolute genius behind the bar. He makes all his own like tinctures and bitters. Um, oh, that's cool. So he won bartender of a year at the AHA awards in September. I did as well. Don't want to talk myself up, but yeah, it was good fun. Wait, hang on. You both, you both won bartender of the year? Yeah, yeah. I don't Bartender know. singular? Yeah. I think we were bartenders. Um, yeah, no, I think. Because there, there were four nominees. It was like Molly, Highball, right, Zab, and Kialago Estate. So I, I have a theory that one of them was like a cocktail bar and one was more like restaurant sure, bar. Because sure, okay. yeah, kind of two of each. Yeah. But no, man, if there's anyone to co-win that award with, I'm happy mm. it's him. That guy knows his stuff and makes some amazing drinks. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, food food there is awesome as well. Uh, in terms of like just a bar, um, I love Blackbird. Mm. Uh, definitely the kind of bar I would frequent if I wasn't working a lot. It's uh, kind of got that like speakeasy style vibe but it's super casual still kind of got a little bit of a dive 
bar vibe that yeah, I've always gone around since I was like 18 too. But you still have great quality drinks and the boys there are like absolute legends. Yeah, so it's great. Yeah, Zarb and Blackbird, my go. two picks. I, I think dive bars are getting hard and hard to find in Canberra nowadays. Yeah. That with, with the scene growing, every every bar, like yes, yesterday, it's a, we're recording on a Thursday and that was, I was out yesterday for dinner and, and for a drink with a friend and everywhere we went it was it was packed like it was yeah. like do you do you have a reservation yes great do you not have a reservation all right we have like two tables left do you want and this was at what like 7 p.m on yeah. a wednesday night yeah it's it's being able to still find dive bars in canberra it's it's really cool it's really special and yeah think, definitely and like one of my like when i turned 18 my favorite bar at the time was the phoenix because yes. it was just like yeah i don't know it wasn't it wasn't great but it was amazing you know like it had its own charm to it you'd go in there there'd be good music you'd you might have comedy one day, you might get like a metal band, you might get like a folk music band the next day. Yeah. Never knew what you were going to get, but you, you could get a $7.50 pint of Guinness and uh, <laughs> yeah, see where the night takes you. It's good fun. Yeah. My uh, dad and my stepmom met there years no ago as well, so That's great. it was always kind That's of awesome. fun. In season one, we talked to Brent of Signs and Symbols, which is a local band, and yeah, he spoke so fondly of, of, the, of the Phoenix. It's, it's, yeah. it's a great spot. It was always just a good vibe, good people there, yeah. never any trouble. Yeah. yeah. Well, going from the past to looking ahead at the future... What is on the cards for the Highball Express in 2022? What is on the cards for you in 2022? Ah, look, man, it's kind of a hard one. Mm. What with the current climate, you don't really want to commit to too much because, um, hell, you'll end up just having to cancel it. Yeah, something like sure. that last minute, which can be a bit, bit of a headache. But at the same time, like the stuff we're running, like the Latin Tuesdays have been popular for seven years now and we always fill up for it. The bingo gets popular every week as well. People come Friday, Saturday night for the salsa DJs. Um, who knows? Watch this space. There might be some really exciting stuff coming in 2022 that I can't talk about. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, even, you know. Even if there isn't, what you've got now, the formula is great. Keep keep ringing that zombie bell, dude. Yeah, keep that's it. I have to replace them every three weeks because they get broken. Really? Yeah, we, oh, we ring them real hard. Uh, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, long term, like I'd like to open my own bar one day, but hmm. like I'm not really in any rush to do that, especially with how the world is right now. I don't really want to commit to anything like that. Look, fair. <laughs> Better to just learn to trade, like learn the city, learn the customers, find out what people want and kind of go from there. That's it. Keep growing. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah. Finally, the the floor is yours, my guy. Do you have any final thoughts or words you'd like to throw out to everyone listening? Be, be nice <laughs> to your service staff, I guess, guys. We're, we're doing it pretty rough at the moment as well, and it doesn't help when people, yeah, just rude and whatnot. Hell for all of us, but at least you guys get to be there drinking. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Be nice to your hospital workers during any holiday. Cause That's it. That's it. They're trying real hard, and there's... There's a lot of people out there. <laughs> That's it. We get we get paid to get paid to make drinks. We don't get paid to be abused. That's it. Good times. Good times. Ron Walsh, thank you heaps for your time today. Anytime, mate. man. Thanks for thanks for the opportunity. How good, folks. My name is Henry, and from the Highball Express, this has been Canberra Conversations in the Capital. Stay safe, be kind, and we'll see you all soon.